What's up everybody, Stinger here, and I'm here. Uh, this is the very first edition of the new podcast. It's available on um, SoundCloud, and of course the video of it is going to be here on iTunes. Uh, thank you for joining me for the very first edition of Ramen and Wrestling, playing off of the college angle, of course. Well, let's just dive right into this podcast. There's some things I want to talk about before I start talking about SummerSlam, which is going to be the main focal point of this week's podcast. Um, Number one, I just really quick wanted to touch on the suspensions. Now, Del Rio and Paige are reportedly, uh, I think I read this on one of the dirt sheets, uh, Pro Wrestling Insider, I think is when I read it, said that uh, Del Rio and Paige were busted for different substances. So a lot of people think they were doing the same thing, like, you know, that they were doing something bad together as a couple, Uh, but it turns out, no, we don't know what they are, but they are different substances. Also, Eva Marie did not fail any drug tests, but she did break the wellness policy. Reportedly, uh, according to her and her husband, and WWE has not refuted this claim, to my knowledge. Uh, she essentially just didn't file paperwork in time. She didn't get stuff to the right people uh, in time, and that counted as a violation. So, 30-day suspension for bureaucracy. Anyway, oh, also, and this will be touched on again later, but uh, Nikki Bell was recently cleared uh, to compete. Now, um, SummerSlam, I didn't, I'm not going to be able to talk much about TakeOver because I didn't get to watch much of it. Uh, I can tell you, uh, the, I saw the Revival match, which was amazing. Uh, so the Revival retain, Oscar retains, and um, Shinsuke Nakamura beat Samoa Joe to become the new NXT champion, uh, which I hoped would have led into Samoa Joe having a run-in or debut tonight, which he unfortunately did not. But first off, I only got a couple of the pre-show matches on because... It's the pre-show, and I don't really care. Uh, there's the main things I wanted to touch on was the Dudleys match because everyone expected the Dudleys to split up because they've had all the miscommunications. They expected tonight to be the night. Uh, they didn't. There was another miscommunication with Bubba Ray clotheslining Devon, which led to the pinfall. But they did not split up. They still left the ring together. And Sheamus won the first match of the Best of Seven series with Cesaro through Dirty Tactics. He thumbed him in the eye while uh, Cesaro was trying to pin him. Now another match we had was uh, Enzo and Cass versus Jericho. There was a great opening bit. Jericho, uh, not Jericho, uh, Enzo and Cass are two of the best mic workers in the business right now. Um, the match finished with a, which it was kind of sloppily done, but essentially it was a pop-up codebreaker. Christian, or, uh, Kevin Owens threw, uh, Enzo over his head and Jericho was behind him, caught him in a codebreaker, but it was done very sloppily because I don't think Jericho was in position yet. Um, because I don't think he realized they were going for the finish quite yet. I would like to point out that, uh, it's a common joke among the... IWC, the internet wrestling community, that uh, Vince hates hometown guys. Uh, most people, when they go to their hometown, they have a match, they lose. Usually, not always. Uh, uh, Edge won his first Intercontinental Championship at a house show uh, in a small town, or in his hometown. Well, his real hometown was the suburb of that town, but whatever. And uh, I remember a couple years ago, 
uh, Cena was in Boston, and he's from a small city outside of Boston, so that was his hometown, and he had a good night that night. That usually doesn't happen because Vince hates hometown guys, just because uh, it gets heat easy on the heels, I think. Uh, it's a smart move, but it's too constant, in my opinion. Um, Charlotte versus Sasha in a women's championship match. This was a pretty good match, actually. My biggest problem with Charlotte is she's very, very inconsistent. She will have amazing matches, and she will have awful matches. She'll have, like, a month or two where she's doing awful, and she'll have a month or two where she's doing amazing. Like, the two or three months right after WrestleMania, including the night of WrestleMania, because she had a pretty good night that night, she was doing really, really, really good. She is not doing good. But she had a good night tonight. She still had some sloppiness. She still has room for improvement. But uh, Sasha carried her through a great, great match. Charlotte uh, reverses a bank statement into a pin. Wins the championship. Now, uh, then af- almost immediately after, WWE removed, her from adver- moved, moved uh, Sasha from advertising from any show for the next 33 days. Everyone thinks, oh, is she suspended? No. Uh, Pro Wrestling Insider is reporting that uh, she's been having nagging injuries that they want to give her time to heal up from, which is completely understandable, considering they probably don't want it to turn into anything serious like they had the plethora of injuries going into WrestleMania last year, or the last WrestleMania, I should say. Um, I'm next. Miz versus Apollo Crews, the Intercontinental match. Everyone knew who was going to win this. It was kind of rushed. There was no real big setup for it. It just happened. Uh, the one thing I really want to touch on is Apollo Crews. Uh, Apollo Crews has... It's a weird thing to me because he is very big, but he's also extremely, extremely athletic. It's something I like. He looks like he shouldn't be that big or he shouldn't be that athletic when his shoulders are bigger than his head, but he can still move. He's very, very athletic, so big props to him. There was a skull-crushing finale for the win. Miserteins. Up next, AJ Styles versus John Cena. Holy crap. Match of the night. Uh, uh, I would like to point out really quick because it was really highlighted in this match. Maronal's commentary is amazing. And I think he's the next Jim Ross. Except I think he might even be a little bit better than Jim Ross. Because, at least in today's setting, because Mauro Ronaldo, the way he can call matches and the legitimacy of what he has done throughout his career brings legitimacy to what he's saying. He knows the names of the moves. He knows what he's talking about. He makes it, he gives it that little pinch of reality that sends it over the top, that makes it amazing. Um, and also... Uh, AJ Styles hit a modified Frankensteiner. We've seen it before. John Cena's done it. It's not a true Frankensteiner, but it's what WWE calls a Frankensteiner because the true Frankensteiner is banned. But Cena hit a Canadian Destroyer, which is so totally banned. It was, I think it was modified because uh, AJ didn't land on his head. He landed on his back and he had tucked his chin. Uh, Adam and... A-T-O-M, Adam, and uh, Brother Man... Uh, they're still in Mississippi. I was texting them, and they were telling me that they thought it was botched. Um, but I think, no, I think it was modified. So WWE's like, 
well, you can do a Canadian Destroyer, but he can't land on his head, essentially, because pile drivers are banned, and the Canadian Destroyer is essentially a spinning pile driver. Um, AJ won the forever match, which no one expected. He won it clean, but it was an amazing, amazing match. Um, Cena, you know, he wears the headband around his bicep because his arms are the size of mountains. And, you know, they never give up one. And he, uh, he takes it off and just leaves it in the ring, which I thought was, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what it's going to lead to, but it looked really, really cool. It was a nice sight to, uh, nice visual. It worked well for the camera, worked well for the audience, and it leaves you hanging like, what is going to happen on SmackDown now? Um... The club versus New Day, not much to talk about. It was a good match by everyone involved, but Biggie returns before when they're about to uh, give John Stewart the ring post itis deal, where they pull him into the ring post. Biggie came out and uh, attacks them, leads to a DQ because he wasn't uh, a participant in the match, obviously. Um, so it happened. Uh, the Dean Ambrose, uh, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler match it was a really good match from what I saw. I was having some problems with the network, so I missed about half of it to be honest. But uh, both these guys are really good from what I saw. They both did amazing. Uh, one of the dirt sheets I was reading says that uh, the uh, going into the draft, the plan for the SmackDown Riders was to send Dean and AJ into a feud for the belt. But while AJ was tied up with the with the John Cena angle, they needed a transitional opponent, and that's essentially what they used Dolph for. But using Dolph really, I think, helped legitimize him, gave him a little bit of extra, which I think he definitely deserves. He deserves that push. He deserves to be on the top of the card. Maybe not. I mean, obviously, they don't think he's ready for the championship, which is bull. But he deserves to be in more high-profile matches. He deserves to be in the running for the Intercontinental Championship at least. Or having matches with guys like John Cena every week. Um, but Dean Ambrose hits the Dirty Teeds to retain. To be honest, the first two hours of the show were really, really good. The last two, the quality definitely declined steadily. So, Carmella... Becky Lynch and Naomi versus what's supposed to be Eva Marie, Natalia, and Alexis Bliss. Nikki Bella makes a return for the heel team because uh, she was cleared a couple days ago, which works out perfectly with the whole uh, Eva Marie not turning paperwork in in time. Uh, it was a really good match. Uh, she Nikki Bella ends up winning the match. Um, the one thing, though, I hate about... Some women's matches is when they do the whole, you know, look at how progressive we are. All of our women are out there. Look at them. Look at all the women. They're having a great match. And the six-woman uh, tag team match, I mean, all these guys were great competitors, but six people, I've, I never like three-on-three tag team matches a lot of the time because they can just be crazy, in my opinion. Which this one kind of was, but still, I think they did a really good job. Nikki Bella didn't show any ring rust. She looked perfect. Uh, up next, and I don't have any notes on this match really. Like, look, boom. I got two lines. Um, 
was Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. One thing I want to mention, that thing looks like it's sponsored by Twizzlers. Uh, if y'all haven't seen it yet, it essentially looks like the old World Championship, except the the black leather is replaced by red, by red leather, and it's so stupid. But it was a great, 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 amazing match. Balor wins to become the first ever Universal Champion, and he definitely deserved it. I'm not going to talk about that much too much because I want you guys to go check it out on the network because it was a really, really, really good match. Uh, both these guys showed their skills. Um, and Mauro Ronaldo got it right in the AJ Styles Cena match. The overhead kick, Michael Cole, is not called an overhead kick. It is called a Pele kick. Not an overhead kick. Pele kick. It was called right like 30 minutes ago. Why can't you get this right? Ever. But it definitely made both the guys leaving look strong. And it is definitely the highlight of the upper card matches. Um, the recharge match was Roman Reigns versus Rusev. There was a pre-match assault where Rusev just starts attacking Roman. But Roman ends up getting control and just beating the crap out of Roman, to be honest. He just destroyed him. And then, you know, they force him to leave. All Rusev's getting checked out with the doctor. And the doctor says, you know, no match. You know, it's canceled. He can't complete. I won't clear him. And so as he's walking up the ramp very slowly, Roman comes back out and spears Rusev. Really good. I definitely think they're establishing him as a tweener instead of a face or a heel. Which I think might be what's best for him. But still, I kind of wish we would have had the United States Championship uh, defended, but I think really why they did this is because they were running out of time for the show. Um, oh, the last match was Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. There were some great spots, but the ending was kind of... Def- I don't think it was planned. Uh, during the match... Uh, Lesnar's pounding on Orton's head, elbow, elbow, and Randy Orton clearly gets cut open the hard way. And what people don't understand, you know, why they like let them bleed and stuff like that. The thing is, is when these uh, performers are out there and they're blading, you know, back when intentional blood was a thing, uh, this they knew it. You know, they know. Okay, this is what's gonna happen. We know this guy. Okay, but when the guy he's opened up the hard way, they have to check on him because. Damn, uh, blunt force trauma to the face that's hard enough to rip your face open is pretty serious. Orton looked seriously injured. Uh, Lesnar did a good job of throwing more punches on him again and again, except he was doing a very good job of not actually hitting the head. Orton would cover up, and he'd be actually hitting like, closer to the elbow than to the actual head. It was good job of, uh, by, by Brock Lesnar. Still... Um, still though, I'm hoping Randy Orton's okay. I'm shooting this literally directly after, uh, the match. And, uh, next week, expect the podcast to be longer because I won't just be talking about one event. I'll be talking about the whole week in wrestling. Um, I've been working for the University of Houston football program as an equipment manager, so camp's been crazy and I haven't had a chance to stay on top of the dirt sheets and all stuff like that. 
But this handy dandy notebook I have right here will help me keep track of everything. I'll write it down and next week expect a much longer podcast. But before I go, uh, I just want to say, number one, I hope Randy Orton's okay because that looked devastating. And I'm going to go on what I like to call, I think I'm going to try and do towards the end, the where I would go. Like where I would take the angles, or one or two of the angles I'll choose, and where I will take them from here. Uh, right now, I'm going to focus on one angle, just try and test it out. Uh, the Brock Lesnar thing. So, uh, after they called the match, you know, Brock Lesnar pounded on Orton one more time, and then out comes Shane McMahon, the commissioner of SmackDown, to check on his guy, and Brock Lesnar, you know, blocks him, and then hits him with the F5. I definitely think that laid the groundwork for either, it's rumored to be Brock, or to be Bill Goldberg, but I wouldn't use Bill Bill Goldberg, I think... What should happen is Shane McMahon comes out on SmackDown. He goes, on Sunday, I was attacked by Brock Lesnar without any reason. I was trying to check on one of my superstars, make sure he was okay, so I could tell his wife and kids they were okay, his pregnant wife, that he was okay. But he attacked me. He didn't allow me to do that. So now I'm going to have to take things into my own hands. Well, not necessarily my hands, but someone will make sure Brock Lesnar gets taken care of. Believe me. And that's kind of it. Like, uh, so then the next week on Raw, you know, where Brock Lesnar is a superstar, Brock Lesnar's out there talking about how, and with Paul Heyman talking about how he decimated the Viper, how he made him bleed and lay in a pool of his own blood, which he really did. He was in a pool of his own blood. Um, and then out comes, not Bill Goldberg, everyone expects that, but the recently dethroned NXT champion, Samoa Joe, the former champion, because I think to build a new star, I mean, by throwing in Samoa Joe, not only do you do something that is very unexpected, because everyone thinks it's going to be, uh, Bill Goldberg with the, with the... WWE 2K thing coming out. Uh, everyone thinks it's going to be Goldberg. You know, he's the downloadable, all that stuff. But Goldberg recently said he had he underwent knee surgery very recently. So I don't think he's ready to go back in the ring, if that's the case. Again, he might be working all of us. But if the knee surgery is a shoot, then bring in Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was hired by... Uh, Shane McMahon to take care of Brock Lesnar on Raw. He's invading Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm very, very old-fashioned and say that if you're going to do the brand split, you have to keep them separate. But I think if you do one big angle and set it up for something months in advance, like for the Royal Rumble or for something just Survivor Series, just something later... Lay the groundwork for it. Now, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. Because it's rumored after the steroid scandal that WWE is now considering releasing Brock Lesnar from his contract because they can't suspend him as he's part-time. But they don't want to pay you know a guy juiced up to his eyeballs the amount of money that they are. Because it looks bad on the company, especially after 
the 97, 96 steroid trials that almost closed down the company. Since then, and of course the Chris Benoit tragedy, uh, which was partially uh, led to by an overuse of steroids, um, they want to seem strong on steroids. So go into a feud, Samoa Joe wins somehow, make it seem like he, make it look like a hard fought war. Take it into Survivor Series. Have Samoa Joe, a new SmackDown Superstore, beat down Brock Lesnar. And, you know, you can do so many things in this stuff. You can have Paul Heyman talking about Brock Lesnar. Say, Brock Lesnar's not here because he doesn't need to be here. I'm talking to him. I'm talking about how amazing Brock Lesnar And then out comes Samoa Joe, muscle, muscle buster. And, you know, just... Set it up. It builds a new superstar in the in the form of Samoa Joe. It leads to a great match. And if you're going to release Brock Lesnar, what way to put over a new, big, strong, but also very athletic guy. A guy who might not have the same look, but definitely has very similar skill set in Samoa Joe. And as the old wrestling adage goes, you go out on your back. So, what makes the most sense to me is have Samoa Joe be hired by Vince. Like, let me condense down what I've talked about. Samoa Joe is hired by Shane McMahon to take care of the Brock Lesnar problem on Raw. Now, maybe you don't do it this week on SmackDown. Maybe he waits another week. But Brock Lesnar shows up on SmackDown and he goes on a tear. Destroying the superstars, you know, he's like, I might be drafted to Raw, but no one's going to stop me from doing whatever the I want. Because, you know, he doesn't care about the, he's be, supposed to be this guy who doesn't care. You know, he said, I don't give it about your kids to Heath Slater, which uh, all the dirt sheets say was not okayed by the back before he said that, you know. He obviously does not care about the rules. They don't apply to him. Have Samoa Joe be the enforcer. And then, you know, of course that makes him look face. You know, but have him not talk throughout the feud. Have him, you know, just destroy Brock Lesnar. And then, after the match. After the Brock Lesnar match, you know, Shane McMahon comes out. Muscle Buster Shane. Daniel Bryan's like, what are you doing? Obviously don't Muscle Buster uh, Daniel Bryan because his head and neck are made out of glass at this point in his life, but have him, you know, just like knee him in the gut and just throw him on the ground, something like that, you know? Have him go, you hired me. I did my job for you. Now I'm going to do whatever the I want. Throw up the SoCal handshake, you know, whatever he does. Um, I don't know what to call it. If it has a name, I don't remember. Um... But I think that's the best way to build a new superstar and to handle this problem. Thank you for joining me on the very first edition of my podcast, Ramen and Wrestling. Tomorrow night, be sure to check out the Raw Recall done by Sting, er, done by uh, Adam and Brotherman. Uh, thanks for joining us, and I'll catch you next time.